war. It never. <laughs> good guy, y'all. Take it, Lou. What is it good for? for absolutely nothing. Say it again. You you interrupted what? my intro. I thought we were doing the war song. We were pretty good, weren't we? We were. Shit, yeah. Yeah, don't quit your day jobs. We're talking about UA mass combat rules this week on the Dungeon Master's Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Master's Dojo podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. We sounded pretty good. I'm going to, Lou, you have a voice like an angel. I know, I've been told. Deafening. Falling in, fallen angel. <laughs> Give me a couple more drinks and it'll change. Uh, yeah. Or we'll think it changed. those vocal cords. <laughs> yeah. Uh, making an ass out of ourselves for listens. It is. Um, it's what it's good for. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's as sad as it is embarrassing. Oh, it wasn't embarrassing at all. Not for you. No. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I guess it's. Uh, Mass combat rules, which I think is pretty cool. I'm glad Unearthed Arcana did it like years ago. Yeah, it's which been is, out there for yeah. quite a while. Well, it makes sense too when you think about it, right? Because D and D had its origins in war gaming. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a supplement to the chainmail rules and not a standalone game like it is now. Um, so it does make some sense to include it. Uh, some mass combat rules. It, right? it does. Yep. Because back in the day. We had the battle system. Do you remember that? That that blue. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know, uh, supplement. Book. Yeah, yeah. Was, and I think that was an AD and D supplement. Uh, yeah, I it think it was. was too. Yeah, and that gave us rules for mass combat. Uh, it was almost like an entirely different game too. I, I think it harkened back to the the, the old wargaming days. I th- I don't know if they're just trying to rekindle or regroup, but I, I would say. Probably a little bit of everything because D&D was based off of war games. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's where it got started. Well, before we really get into it, let's talk about our epic giveaway. We I think st- we should. We st- we still have we have a ton of stuff we're trying to give away. Tons. And this stuff's cluttering my, my cellar. So <laughs> it, 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 you know, under- it's in the way. The wife you know, is constantly vacuuming around it. What's this stuff covered in the sheet with all the signs that say do not touch? Yeah, it's in under normal circumstances. I say Bill was being overdramatic, but it is such a big pile of stuff that it it is taking up a tremendous amount of space down here in the Lyceum. So we'll let Bill give us a few words about it. Yes. We are continuing to hold our giveaway of epic proportions. Everything you need to get started running games. Four dice trays. 12 complete sets of dice, four traditional Crown Royal bags, the D&D Essentials Kit, the D&D Starters Kit, Horde of the Dragon Queen D&D Adventure, the Young Adventurers Collection, Nerdarchy's Out-of-the-Box Encounters, 
Brass and Steel Steampunk Tabletop RPG. OSR greats The Rat Hack, It's a Little Odd, and White Box Fantastic Medieval Adventures game. But that's not all. The Curse of Strahd Revamped is included as well. This complete list goes to one lucky winner in the U.S. We realize we may have asked a lot of you initially, so here's the new and improved way to enter the epic giveaway. Simply leave us a message at thedungeonmastersdojo.com. You'll automatically be entered into the giveaway for a chance to win. After we receive 500 messages, we draw one lucky winner. We'll see you next time in the dojo. And that's all I have to say about that. Well, that was epic. Yeah, that was as epic a promo as the giveaway, as the pile of stuff. That yeah. my wife is encouraging me to give away. Yes. <laughs> and and that's that's the key. We're giving it away. And all you have to do is listen to Bill and follow those simple instructions. And this could be yours. That being said, let's move along. We're going all the way back to February of 2017. So we're only five years late. <laughs> but better late than never, right? Well, there were so many other things to do. Well, how many people actually know about this still? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um that is something to put in let's have a discussion on Facebook about that. Did you know about this? What do you think about it? How often do you run mass combat? Yeah, and why? And do you even run mass combat? Yes. I'm willing to bet most game masters do not. I would I would have to agree with you on that, but don't worry because we're going to go over this and then you yeah. will probably hear us talking about how we do mass combat on another episode. We often do prattle on about what we have done because yeah, we do like blowing our own horn. Yes. And you're old, and you like to talk a lot. Yeah, because we forget. We've and again, said they're stuff looking before. at me when you say yeah. that shit. Thank you very much. <laughs> Keep it up. I'll beat you in my rocking chair. <laughs> I'll put Scott in the way. <laughs> so, as we all know, there is a challenge rating that certain creatures get in Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. Mm-hmm. And each creature is given a battle rating for this mass combat system that's based on that uh, creature's challenge rating. And that's how, how they measure their combat effectiveness in mass. And that's supposed to help with managing hundreds or even thousands of creatures at a time easier. Um, thousands, I would say, is... Thousands, I guess, is is an okay number, but I think anything more than um, three, maybe four or 5,000 is, is, is an army of that's, 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 yeah, that's, it's just too big. It becomes cumbersome even for this. It, it does. And so I would encourage people to DMS uh, to keep it down to relatively small mass combat. Well, you got to keep in mind when you're dealing with thousands, you're also dealing with. You have to keep in mind the landscape, the terrain. Do you have room to fit a thousand combatants on yeah. both sides? It, it not even, well, even go a little further. Even if you say, I know you said four or five thousand is probably the max, but if you have something larger, you got to remember your group is not contending with 
that much. It's oh yeah, your yeah. army. Your party's not yeah. holding off of an it, army of four thousand. It's your army, you know, with against their army. So you can just focus on. You're the your, ba- you're the battle within the battle, and yeah. what this is going to do is it's going to let you know which way the battle is swaying. Yes, you know, around you. Are, are we winning? Are we losing? Do we know uh, what individual little pockets of stuff are we going to bump into? And, and the, I've I've never done any sort of war gaming, um, and I don't know if you guys have, but mm-hmm. it sounds. I have some I have some friends that that are into war gaming. They're into. Um, uh, Warhammer 40k yep. and stuff like that and the um all the combatants are organized in units correct which which sounds a lot like what our wargaming cousins do when they you know put together their wargaming boards so I, I I think there's I'm I'm curious you know I don't know if we have any any wargamers in our uh, our listenership, but if if anybody is out there that's a war gamer, reach out to us and tell us if any of this sounds familiar. How close to what what your hobby is 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 this is this yeah, document? Because this, this this could be a transition. Yeah, this could very easy. How do you take someone who's used to Warhammer and bring them into D anD D? Yeah, because they they are two different creatures. I've played Warhammer for a few years. Uh, eh, I, I did it because I had a bunch of friends that were doing it. They wanted me to come along, and I kept trying to role play it out, <laughs> yeah. which made it interesting. But they they didn't really, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to have dialogue, and 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 I'm like you know monologuing at the at the other combatants and trying to he's coach doing, them out. He's doing Sauron's <laughs> speech, you yeah, know, before, yeah, uh, as he's sending his Urukai off to something a like that. They just kind of look at me, going, y- "You don't have to do that. Just just let me know how much damage you do." It's like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. So uh, Napoleon was pissed. He didn't invite you to any of any of his uh, his war gaming uh, brainstorming. Not sessions. as short as you would think. No. Well, well, you're I, not as tall as people would think you are. Well, well so. that and they weren't as tall back then. I mean, no, averages. I think it was like you know. Four two or something like that. I mean, just I mean, probably granted, Napoleon was like three one, but it just you know they it, he he was taller than they really think. He just wasn't as tall as everyone else, and he stooped. He had poor posture. <laughs> well, you know. what what I like here is there's a bit of nostalgia where um, each unit has a, ba- a morale rating. I miss morale ratings so Mo- bad. Morale was. Morale should still be in the game. It should. You want to explain morale to to all the all the youngsters out there? <laughs> well, how well an individual or a group is set to their goal? Like, all right, we need to defeat them. All right, and we're taking casualties, but we can win. We can win. And then the tide obviously turns against you. The morale is going to go down. And that's where the, you know, oh, well, the the best offense is a great defense, and uh, my defense is to run the hell away. Uh, that's where your morale comes I, in. I feel the absence of morale when I sit at a younger person's D&D table. Yes. Because oftentimes um, they don't know when to stop. Yeah, when to throw in the towel. Yeah. So not every monster is going to fight to the death, right? No, not a lot of them are, are tired are tired of being hurt. Yeah. They don't want to die. You don't want your character to die. They don't want to die either. And the morale rating in the older versions was something that you would use as a DM 
to determine whether or not they were going to stick to their to their course of action or if they were going to how dedicated hit the road. were they to the the actions that they have you know committed themselves to are they going to fight to death are they just going to take a lot of injury are i'm going to do it if i'm going to take down two or three of them and then i'm going to run because i've done the damage i need to do depends on the situation and you're right and as the tide turns it you, or the monster suddenly takes down the fighter who with a couple critical rolls and the fighters fumbling left and right. All right. There's the tank. The tank went down. The morale of that monster just went up. It's like, yeah, okay. The one that does the most damage. Well, where's that mage? Yep. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or the healer. Yeah. All right. That's next. If, if provided they're intelligent enough, otherwise they'll just beat up the next one that comes steps in line. Well, here's the ranger. As they defeat, Things, the morale goes up as they take more wounds and they're not doing damage. The morale goes down and it gets to a point. Like I said, it was a gauge for the game master to decide, you know, now's the time to turn tail and run. Yeah. And if I, if I remember correctly, and it's been a long, long time, but you would roll at the beginning of a combat round for morale or was it the end? It, it's well, you don't have to write in the beginning because the, the morale of the monsters was already set. In the monster manual, it would have a morale rating, so it was already set. You didn't have to roll against it. That's what they're. That was the the number you need to roll against. But they're going into combat or were drawn into combat already. Now, if it's immediately overwhelming numbers or magics being flying over here or everyone's got a, a sword that's glowing in the dark, and the monster's intelligent to realize, oh, this is going to be bad, then yes, you roll your morale because. You roll and the morale is based on their usually their wisdom, not necessarily the intelligence. Intelligence is what you what you're learning and how well you can learn it. Wisdom is what you have already learned. I have already learned that glowy swords hurt a lot and could do damage. So they see a lot of glowy swords. Eh, all right, we're going to make that morale check. And it's like, nope. Uh, if I run away now, I will live tomorrow. Morale is also used or can be used to um, see if you want to rebel. You know, against your own folks. Um, if if Bill's giving me this monologue saying my guys are going to live and I see that I'm outnumbered, my guys are probably switch sides. So, you know, that's another way you can use morale, too. Yeah. It's or not they just, just running they away. Just, or they just lay down their arms and go, nope, I give up. Yeah. I'll be, I surrender. It, Take me away. You offered me, you said I'm going to live, so I'm yep. here's, here's, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to die today. Uh, I won't die and you're going to feed me at least one meal a day? Well, that's probably one more that I've been getting in this army that I'm working for now. So, yeah, okay. And they they go through the 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 battle rating and and how you use it and what the modifiers are like based on the charisma of the commander of that that unit that year. Yeah, it gives bonuses to it. Yeah, it, which which is it, it's you know, and it's almost like this is a a different kind of rule set within the rule set. It almost harkens back to the AD&D days when it, this was commonplace where you would have rules within the rules within the rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, and which, which I imagine is why they haven't really published this and made this canon material is they're, they, well, they may not have seen a need for it, I guess, right away. Right. Or it, it may need a little extra work to kind of smoothly, you know, bring it into – yeah, because everything's fairly streamlined with Fifth Ed. I mean, the, the books are coming out or coming out with a few new feats, a f you know, a couple of new classes, but they're not really doing a lot with the rules in general. Right. And this, like you said, is a rule set within a rule set, and I think they're trying to get away from that. They want to streamline it and make it a little bit faster. This, unless you need 
a large combat, uh, this probably wouldn't come into play. And like I said earlier, I don't think a lot of people are really considering a massive army versus another one and where you fit into it. Because you can put the armies together, you can go through this whole thing and just have background noise for the party. You can simply make that up. Yeah, and we're, we'll talk more about that on another episode because we have some ideas for you on how we have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been, it's, it's been, you know, it's different than, than this. I, I, and really the only practical application after reading through this that I can see for, for a game would be if you had really high level characters that had their own kingdoms were doing battle right. at, 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 for some reason, at some point in time. Or if the party was a decent level, third, fifth, eighth, thereabouts, and they were the vanguard. And and they were they were the commanders in charge of, say, maybe 20 or so other individuals, 30, 40 other individuals. Not hundreds of thousands, but a decent enough group where instead of figs, you're rolling out handfuls of D6s. Um, yeah. and it, And then you can use this... To turn around, all right, well, well, I'm going to pick up these red D6s, which is the opponent, and then next round I'm going to pick up a couple of the blue ones, which are your allies, and and you can go back and forth with this, so you can still, the characters still engage in their one-on-one with the other lieutenants against, or the monsters that they've, in, you know, incorporated into their, their, um, their ranks. So your party is still dealing with the one-on-one combat, but all around them a little bit more... Uh, personal than just background noise. Yeah. And I could see it being used for that for, like I said, not necessarily massive groups, but where they are, the, you know, yeah, you're moderate, four, five, six, sized. moderately sized, where your your party is the vanguard. You know, they, they're the heroes. They they, they got the, the good armor and the good weapons and, and magics beyond anything we have. We're just like a bunch of farmers. They put a couple spare pieces of armor on, and I instead of a pitchfork, I got a blade. And that's who you're 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 commanding. They give you unit space too, which is you know how how big of a how 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 much space your unit takes up. You know, so it's you go from that five foot square to a uh, hundred feet on each side, regardless of how many creatures are 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 in your unit. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like the fact that they take the ranged attackers in consideration as well. Yeah, really important too. If uh, you know, it's always it's always better to. Um, kind of soften up the mm-hmm. infantry with some some missile weapons, and then you know the morale rating charts, which which I imagine come in handy. Uh, different factors affecting morale. I I see the way. I don't know how you feel about this, guys, but I I see this as they're trying to put it together for a I don't know a not so seasoned DM. Yeah, I could see that because a seasoned DM will do most pretty much all of this in the back of their head on the fly, because it is even with the, your your party being the vanguard, it's mostly background noise. Yeah, and and I, I see this kind of as being problematic. You know, if you want to, this is uh, mass combat. I think is kind of an advanced DMing skill, and not something that like a new Agreed. a new GM should just kind of jump right into i concur you're right and this will help the new dm kind of set up here for his mass battle using whatever they need to and 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 it it is helpful for just that reason but you're right i think your season 
Game Master will look at this and go, wow, this is all really, really cool stuff. And I'll have to keep that in mind too, but it's really not going to change much of what's going on with our our scenario and our plot line. Well, not necessarily scenario, but the plot line. A lot of the stuff that's in here I think is probably designed to to keep the mass combat moving as quickly as possible. You you know, sit, having played D&D as long as you have that, combat is one of the the lengthiest things. Yeah, very time-consuming. And that's with, like, a party versus bad guys. So if you have, like, hundreds or even thousands of, yeah. of combatants, you, it, you could really get bogged down. One battle, it took me six months. Yeah, yeah, it's like it. Turns so I could see, I could see why they want to do it. I mean, they give the, they give how much time you need to invest in it. You know, the speed of the 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 mass group of combatants. They're not going to be running across the field um, at speed thirty like everyone else because there's people in their way, and not everyone's running very fast. Just like on the highway, it takes that one person to be doing yep. forty five in the middle lane, and you have four miles of backup. It's a nice sized document, but it's not too too big either, which is which is something that's nice. It gives a lot of bullet points, you know, so it makes it pretty pretty easy to read. It's it's not overly cumbersome. Yeah, I mean the the attack is as simple D twenty, add the battle rating, as does the target. You compare the results and higher number wins. Yeah. Tells you what the ties, the target wins, the attacker wins, the attacker wins by ten or less, the attacker wins by eleven or more. Advantages and disadvantages on it. So I mean, they they do cover quite a few things. But like you said, this is this is probably a document that was would be best suited for your new game master to read through and script out what's happening ahead of time. Yeah, don't roll it on the fly. Script. I could see this very easily. Just scripting out ahead of time, making a list. This happens at this time. This happens at that time. This happens at this time to drive your storyline to move your party along. You know, you need them to get from point A to point B. Well, guess what? The the, the battle's going very poorly around them. They're going to be ho- horribly, you know, outnumbered. But there's a little, you know, there's a, a line up front of your allies. You need to get behind that line if you don't want to be overwhelmed by these 40 or 50. And as well as your magic in your battle is, uh, there's a reason why people stay away from hornet's nests and bees' nests. Yeah. E- each one is a small little sting, but the entire group it is hurts. going to screw you up. Yeah, and I think this could be a little misleading too because this is like the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah. Right? You this is just this is one small piece of mass combat because there's there's supply chains, right? Mm-hmm. That you have to take into account. There's you mentioned terrain and you're only going as fast as your slowest unit, right? So yep. your cavalry may be able to travel over the terrain a lot a lot faster than any other unit, but you have foot soldiers. And then you have you have maybe some siege weapons, and then you have all the different individuals that follow armies, you know, to do the cooking and and there's smiths and oh yeah, and leather workers, yeah, and all this stuff. Someone's got to set up the tent. Someone's got to make sure there's beds for them to sleep. Um, there has to be wood for the fires and. Where is all the food coming from? So there's people out hunting or gathering or pillaging. Yep, and then and then you have to you have to also take into you know, throw a monkey wrench into this, where it's not um, medieval French armies versus medieval English armies, right? You're yeah. in a medieval fantasy setting, so now 
what role does like a wizard or a sorcerer or a necromancer have in it? Mm. What role does a dragon have? What role does you know? Is there a um, an air force of sorts? Right? Do you have flying cavalry? Do you have flying creatures do you, under do your you, command? Yeah. Do you have flying? Yeah. Do you have an entire battalion of Kenku? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to piss off a DM? <laughs> show, show up with show up with a hundred and some odd Kenku. They all have fly speeds and. <laughs> so there's there's so much more to mass combat in a D and D setting yes. than is within these these like five pages. It's a good start. It's a good start, but then it gives you like I said, you, it gives you a good base to work off of. But I would strongly encourage people to you know your game masters to read this through and script out everything that's going to happen ahead of time. Your roles, your morale, what kind of creatures you're going to have in there. Have your it it tells you right there what the size, what creature size are in the units. It goes all up to gargantuan. Yeah, so, so giants and yeah, and, and uh, dragons and and all kinds of stuff. I mean, all right, uh, we have a whole bunch of charmed uh, owl bears that we're going to send out there at, as the front line. Yeah, we have a tarasque. Yeah, uh, yeah, doesn't everybody? It's a cool fig. Uh, I think everyone should have it. Yeah, you're right. It's the tip of the iceberg, and there's so much more to do for a new game master to go with, and even a veteran. But most of your veterans are going to look at this, read it through, going, "Oh, there's a couple new points in there I never kept, you know, kept in mind. I can use those as plot points." Or I can, you know, use this off to the side. But your veteran game masters are going to look at this and read it through and go, yeah, I, I, I kind of already do this. Because your mass combat's more background noise. Yeah. And Lou, Lou, you can see on his face, he has a thought. Lou's got something to say. Let's hear it. It's not something to say. It's, just, it's also new players when they're entering mass combat for the first time to not be overwhelmed. You're not really taking on the whole army yourself. Um, well, I was just going back to our end of our first seven year when we yeah. did that mass combat. A lot of us were like, what the hell do we do? Yeah. But see, that's the beauty of it. And that's one of the things that as a game master you want to keep in mind. Make them think they have to fight the army. You want that wow factor. You want that overwhelming feeling so it feels like a mass combat and not like, oh, yeah, there's there's a war going on, but I'm, I'm just going to kill this guy. Yeah, but I'm just saying as as a... Player, yes, you're, you know, if you're playing your character right, yes, you can do that with your character. But as a person, don't let that intimidate you from doing what you normally would do. Yeah. Anyway, but but as a, but if the other side of the coin, as a game master, I want you to be worried. Yeah, I was just gonna. I, yeah, I, was I just want say you. That. I want you sitting there going, I think I just wet I myself yeah. a little bit. Holy shit! Right, what I, is going to happen next? I think this would take some players out of the game. Well, I mean, it's not because it's be, it's not the norm. It's not the norm, but. So what I'm saying is don't let, it, don't let it scare you is what I'm saying. I, ideally, it should creep up on you yep. or you're just like, oh, well, we're going to go into yeah, we're going to war. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then, you know, the narration starts from the game master and the scenes put out and you find your figs in the middle of terrain and then whatever you're using for the army, where it's like, all right, each one of these dies represents uh, 10 people and you dump out every D6 you own. And for most of us, that's hundreds. Yeah, and what we, I remember what we used to do or what you guys did on some on some tables is, um, we start with a D six, and that would start on a six. So that's like six units there. Yeah. And then when you knocked off a unit, you bring it down to five, five and four. Yeah, or, yeah. So that's a, that's a good way. But you know, for on for the players, it's just another combat, really. But it's a large combat. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is for the players is just to focus on your set, your scene, 
Ignore him. Shit your pants. Yeah. He <laughs> I, has no idea what he's talking about. You're going to die. What he's what he yeah, what Lou is saying basically is if you if you ever watch um you know, you watch a movie like King Arthur, yep. which which I loved, or The Thirteenth Warrior, which I loved, there was a lot of mass combat in that, but the camera the camera was focused on this character, right? Yeah, and then boom, yep. this character, and then boom, onto another character. Right. And then panning out onto the big battlefield and then zooming back in on that, that I think is how you, you know, you, you capture that. And that, I, that I think is what Lou is, is, is saying. It's like, yeah. let's, yep. you know, so that's something that, you know, the DM should focus on. And then that's also something, yeah. Like Lou said, the players focus on their scene. Yeah. Your scene. Do you. Yes. Right. You both a bunch of freaking softies. <laughs> <laughs> Scare the shit out of them. <laughs> well, they when you if you really think about it, when you when you're when we were in that keep and we saw that army come up to us because they'd outnumbered us. I forget by how much. A lot. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> oh shit, what do we do? But then we started focusing on our scene. After I got yeah. called out and some other people got called out, we focused on what we had to do. Yeah. To complete the scene. Yes. And and most players will. Most yes. players will. But that that initial. That initial look when they, the players start looking across the table at each other and you see genuine worry in their eyes, oh, that's like honey on my toast, baby. <laughs> right. But And then when we started, I think, uh, the series with the second series, because the first one I was talking about with Kaisey, that one. Yep. Then when we started the second one where we left off at a battlefield, I think the players were much more at ease. Yeah, they, they were. They knew to focus just on their scene. We didn't think, we didn't overthink it. Um yeah. You know, once you do it once or twice, it's it's okay. You start to become used to the, to the rhythm, and you know, just focus on your little section of the world, and don't worry about the ten thousand that are coming down towards you. <laughs> but it, I I will have to agree with Bill as well. There is a certain amount of gratification when you see that look on a player's face when it you know, you know something just puckered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we we all heard. <laughs> yeah. They are getting sucked, in, especially even on the second one, because on the second one. Uh, we had um, catapults uh, throwing in, I think it was a cask of oil or something, yeah. into the, the keep that we were at. We were like, what the hell? This is something new. It was the Walls are blasting in. There's explosions. Yeah. There's flame engulfing entire corridors. You know, dozens of people are being consumed by these flames. And, and you guys are like, oh, it's not safe in this it's, castle yeah, not, anymore. It's not like the last time. And you knew it was being overrun. Yes. You knew you were losing the war, you know, and the battle. And they're coming for you. And once again, that worried look across the table. And it, we got it. Oh, it's like well, cotton candy. My 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 inner Bill had a. <laughs> he doesn't poke his he doesn't poke his head out often, but you know he was on my he was on the other shoulder that day, looking very gratified. <laughs> and that's a look at the Unearth Arcana Mass Combat. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day. <laughs>